<laughs> okay. G'day everyone, welcome to Auto Media Episode 3. My name's Mark Sheriff from the YouTube channel Mark and Cars. I've got my co-host here, Simon McGrath. Simon, how are you today? I'm really well, thank you, Mark. There are listeners who haven't listened before. This is the first time you've hit the podcast. I know, come on. Tell us about you. Well, um, I've got a little YouTube channel called Simon, the Classic Car Dude, which is, I would describe if I was a farmer as it's fallow at the moment. It's just (laughs) resting until I stop selling real estate (laughs) because I've been very, very busy, man. Uh, Interesting week. Um, You know, I bought that motorcycle in Sydney, uh, the SRV Renesa, Yamaha. And um, so- SRV? V-twin? Yeah, V-twin. What size? Uh, 250. Yeah, okay. Because I- um, Oh, I know the bikes. I don't even have a bloody license yet, you see. So, like, I've got this two like motorcycles. Third motorcycle or second one? Second one. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Think, I'm already onto the, th- I'm planning the third, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I've got this motorcycle I just bought in uh, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, it owes me $2,000. And I, so I thought, oh, nothing, I'll get it home. Because, you know, to get a car back from Sydney is about 1500 ish. Because I've just had, oh, I'll tell you about my new Volvo. It's arrived today as well. We'll come to that. Whew, there's a lot of excitement here, I can tell you, folks. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, I've got a, an old bike. It's a 1998 twin Yamaha. It's a pretty thing. Looks looks like a um, a shrunken Ducati with the orange tank and the orange fairing at the back. I know the I know the bike. It's sweet. Uh, it might be orange, but I'm pretty sure. Didn't it start as like a shade of red? They uh, yeah, they, they look red? okay. So they made a silver and an orange one in the Renesa, but the oh. SRV is also made with a more sort of uh, burgundy upright. Color. Yeah, there's yeah. a green, a burgundy, a grey, yeah, and a black, yeah, sure, and, sure. and a yep. white. Mm-hmm. And they're they're nowhere near as a they don't look like a cafe racer. Yeah, I, I know the most. Whereas this one does look mm-hmm. like a cafe racer. Yeah, cool. Anyway, so um, two thousand dollars invested in the motorcycle, and uh, so I get a quote. I put it on uh, Truck It. You have to be careful how you say that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And um, to get it back to Perth from Sydney, the quotes varied from nine hundred and eighty dollars to one thousand four hundred and fifty. This is for a motorcycle that cost me two thousand. <laughs> what are you going to so, do? Oh, I'm, a mate of mine has bought a semi trailer in Sydney, yeah. and we're just trying to see how we can sort of package it and strap it yeah, and yeah, uh, get yeah. it home. And I, you know, I might end up having to bite the bullet and send it home for eight uh, for nine hundred and eighty dollars, uh, and just just suck it up. Look, I want to give uh, the listeners some references here that are relevant to the life they okay, live. Okay, so Sydney's 4,500 kilometres Yeah, away. we're talking distance LA to New York. Yeah. Okay, or the, the width of or the breadth of Europe, okay? Yep. Um, at the moment, the currency is around 50 cents to the Great British Pound for numbers for any UK listeners, US listeners, about 70 cents. So this will give you some reference. You do the numbers on yeah. you know, Genius here. Um, yeah, okay, so... So anyway, so I'm sort of trying to get some value on transport back to Perth. <laughs> and um, I did have a crazy idea, which is most unlike me, and yeah. that was to no one would agree. give it to a bike shop in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And then this is a guy who doesn't have a licence, remember. Yeah, yeah. And then ask him to say, I'm going to dry- I ride this to Adelaide. Now, your job is to, um, you know, get it uh, roadworthy and licensed such that I can ride it from uh, Sydney to Adelaide and not rush myself, like, Maybe did a bit of fruit picking on the way and, and the you're, odd job. You, you and are so semi-retired. I'm, look, mentally, yes. <laughs> um, but people keep asking me to do things, Mark, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, like riding motorcycle across Australia. So um, look, I'll give that's you, in my head. I'll give you a reference. Back in 91, 
Mm. I rode a Yamaha mm. XV250, the old Virago. Remember oh, yeah. them back in the day? Well, right? this has the same, same engine, oh, no. but twin yep. carbs and different yep. cam. Yep. Anyway, I rode that from Sydney to Perth. <laughs> right? So 130Ks, flat stick, tailwind down. Right? And, you know, it was, it was at the start of January. Like, um, to give you some perspective, along the, along the way between – Nullarbor, Port Augusta. Yes. There is, this is the middle of Australia, right? This is the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. There's uh, the Yolanda Roadhouse and it's- uh, I know that well. Yeah, okay. So you know what I'm talking about. I waited there four and a half hours because it was over 48 degrees Celsius, right? And as you put the fuel out into the motorcycle tank, it evaporated. None of it was going into the tank. <sighs> so I had to wait till the temperature dropped so I could actually fill the tank. And the ra- I only had 230Ks range, so I was stopping every five minutes, it felt like, when you're wow. riding across Australia. Right? It was funny. An wow. adventure that you do when you're – how old was I then? Yeah. 20, you know? I was driving across the Nullarbor in an Austin Healy uh, 106 with a group of guys. It was about probably 10 of us in – Big Healy's. And, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, one of them did a, um, a cylinder head in his Austin Healy 100, uh-huh. which has the old, uh, Atla- what's called the Atlantic 90 engine in it. Sure. So we're like stuck in the middle of nowhere. This is like just nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the snakes leave t- town, you know. <laughs> anyway, so we walk around the back of the uh, Yolanda ra- Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. And there's an Austin Atlantic. You're kidding me. Now, serious. So we... All of us, like, you know, 10 guys get to work on taking the cylinder head off this thing and we open up the valves and we get, you know, with a hammer and we get them all to work and we think, oh, Jesus, worth a go, you know. So we use the old, the, the cylinder head off this wreck, yeah, yeah. which is beside the back, mm-hmm. at the back of the roadhouse, and, a, um, and the old head gasket, put it all back together and that car drove to Melbourne. <laughs> to, give everyone, to give everyone some perspective, that's probably about 1,800 Ks from yeah, there, easy, I reckon. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, 1,800, so what's that, 1,000 miles, 1,100 yeah. miles? Yeah, yeah so, a bit over. Yeah, with, with, with a cylinder head, totally wreck, unknown. To, get, to, to release the valve yeah. seats, classic. Hey, um, you know what time it is? It's, it's time to talk about Kowoe Kyoto Watches. Oh, I love this bit. Yep. <laughs> this is the, our episode sponsor. Thank you. Look, Kenji from Kyoto, have a, have a look at that beauty got sent me this week. Oh, that's very pretty. Emerald green. It is. It's an emerald green face with gold letters. I like that. Yeah, it is very sharp, It sort of it? screams 1960s, early yeah. 60s. And that's the style of his watches, right? Yeah. It's a, um, it's a watch brand that was established in the historic city of Kyoto, which I understand you've been to. Yeah, that's the city of temples. It is. And um, it's gorgeous. brand was created with a vision of appealing a classic design from Kyoto to the world. All the watches are handmade in Kyoto. Wow. It uses Seiko quartz Internals. movement, yeah, one yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. The other one I had has got an automatic. Um, $279 free shipping anywhere in the world. Do you reckon he's going to send Australia. me one? Do you, you think he's going to do that? This is how you try. I love this thing. Yeah, know. this is a good looking this watch. Is, isn't it? He gets all the booze yeah. and the girls. And oh, no, um, it's it's actually quite a small watch. It's um works good for my petite little wrists. It's this is a very very feminine wrist you have there. So <laughs> it's magnificent. And, um, oh look, he knows his market. And um, <laughs> anyway, so Kenji there keeps sending me watches. They're crackers and. It's oh, gorgeous. Like it. It's a good it, looking one. No, I think it? it's beautiful. Also, if, if you're appealing to the Japanese market, well, then it's even more appropriate for its size. I prefer this. I'm actually against those great big submarine watches, you know, sure. the, uh, I can't think yep. of the brand, but there's one of them uh, that goes to the bottom of the ocean, doesn't blink, that sort of stuff. <laughs> hey. Beautiful, Mac. 
Well, look, we've actually got someone else sitting here with us who has been incredibly quiet, and I can see he's busting to talk to us, right? I'd just like to introduce Ajmal, the flat cap driver. Thanks for joining us today, Ajmal. Hello, thank you very much for having me on, and I didn't want to just interject in and people would go, who the hell's that? Where's that, come from? Where's that <laughs> They voice are come now, from? actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I was just going to say on that voice, on the watch thing that you were talking about, I, I agree completely because the watches are quite bulky. Yes. But when time when you were saying that, oh, the, the one that goes, I'm wearing an Omega C Matata, <laughs> but I've had it a Accept my apologies. That is here. Look, I'll, gi- I'll give you. Look, I'll, I'll show you this one. Look, it's actually pretty smart. Very classic. Down, it's, Miss Jane. It's, it's very classic. I like it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, and it yeah, kind of reminds me. It reminds me of watches that my dad used to wear. Yes. when I was a little kid. With my the, father with a brown had one strap. Yeah. Now I am exactly. a father. I thought I'd better start wearing appropriate watches. You know. Well, mine was mine was bought for me. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Seamaster and probably about nearly 20 years ago. Oh, good one. Um, so I've, I've had it all, all this time, and it doesn't really have massive sentimental value. I just like it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and everybody, every, uh, my wife makes fun of me because I, I, I wear an Apple Watch as well. Oh, you've got a watch on so, each wrist. On each wrist. That's tragic. <laughs> Mate, you, uh, so, this could be a thing. She, we might not be back up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is incredible. But what happened was, I, I, I like I like analysing data, so I, I like that about my watch. But it, as a watch, it's it's a bit rubbish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I like my Omega. So I, so I put that on, and I, I, I want to look at the time, I want to look at that. So my wife makes fun of me, because when I'm looking at a message on my Apple Watch, she asks me the time, and I always... Yeah, look, look <laughs> she's an evil woman. The time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to keep her there. there. You know, when you, exactly. As soon as, as soon as I say this time, I know exactly what she's done. I look at her and she's just laughing. She knows you. <laughs> Classic. So, Ajmal, tell us about you for listeners about who me. don't know you. Uh, well, I guess, I, guess uh, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm a technology consultant to all things uh, customer experience, contact centers, things like that. So I've done that for a really long time. Uh, but a couple of years ago, uh, just a drunken conversation in a pub with a friend of mine who's like a, a managing director of a really big company. And he said, I really, I've really fancied a 9-11 for so long. And and I, I just said to him, they're so cheap these days. They're so easy to get hold of. Let's just go on AutoTrader, the website over here, the app that you can just uh, pick a car from. And we sorted by, I, went, I looked for a manual 9-11 uh, with an MOT, which means it's road legal, uh, hard top, two-wheel drive, and I sorted by which is the cheapest one. And I went, look at that. Look at that cheapest one there. I bet you I could buy that tomorrow, and I could run it for a year without it breaking the bank. Uh, so the next day, I, I just ran and collected it. Well, I didn't. I phoned the lady the next day who owned it, and I said, oh, can I come and see it? I went to see it the next day with my hangover. On the way there on the train, I start reading about IMS bearings and all sorts. I don't know anything about this. And I'm like, what the hell? So I just ignore all of it. Ignore all of that. I just think, I don't care. I'm just going to go and have a look. Um, I get in it to have a little test drive, and the brakes fail after 10 meters. <laughs> so I press the brake pedal, go straight to the floor, fluid everywhere. And I said to her, look, I'm really sorry. I can't make you an offer. It was for sale for £10,000. Oof. Yep, okay. Yeah, you're right. It would have been the cheapest. Yeah, so I said, I can't make you an offer. I don't want to insult you. And she was a really genuine lady. I really liked her. The car was quite rough. And she said, look, I'll get it fixed. Contact me in a, in a couple of days and let's talk about it. So she sent me a message saying, it's all fixed up. 
come and test drive it and let me know what you think. And bear in mind, she's like three hours away on the train. Yeah, okay. Um, so I messaged her back saying, look, uh, here's the reasons why I think it might be a bit of a risk and here's my offer. What do you think? And she went, I'll accept that offer if you're happy with it. My offer to her was six and a half thousand pounds. And she just said, I want rid of it. And I and she said, come and test drive it. And I, and I messaged her back saying, I can't be asked to do that. I'm just going to transfer you the money and get somebody to pick it up. So I transferred her the money that I've day. I've done worse. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, this is right up Simon's alley. This whole conversation, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone here. So and I, I just phoned somebody locally. I, I looked them up on Google. There was a guy in the next village who, who would go and pick it up. Um, he delivered it on Friday and that was my first drive of it. And obviously when they did the brake, there was a brake pipe that failed. They didn't bleed the brakes properly. Um, so the first drive I went to do a turn and the pedal was soft and it went up the curb and into a hedge. That was my first, like, <laughs> Great first start. movement of it. Backwards or forwards? And, uh, <laughs> but what one of my friends said to me is, oh, this is all YouTube material. You should be having a YouTube channel. So that was the first video I was about to make. Oh, this is me getting into my new car. And I went straight into a hedge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was, that's been my journey. And then I became this flat cap driver. And I just told my story about how you can easily get into 9-11 ownership. We used and, to be able to uh, I did used to be able to, yes, because since that time, the price has gone up quite a lot. Um, but since then, I, I did the same thing with buying a 1966 Porsche 912. Um, and that kind of worked out okay. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I did the same thing where I went and bought a really cheap Porsche Boxster. Does and I drove it for the first time yesterday. I bought it for £2,200. Wow. When you, say, like that, you when you say it kind of worked out okay, does that mean you can rationalise it with your wife? Is that, the, is that uh, what it means? She, she says she doesn't care as long as she doesn't have to hear about it. Ah. Okay. So if I ever start saying, oh, you never guess what happened today, and I start doing it, and, and she'll just stop me and go, you know what the rules are. <laughs> I like this girl. <laughs> what a classic. <laughs> a girl with rules. But, I mean, but, but that's my journey. And I've been doing that for two years now. And uh, I, I don't have a massive following on YouTube, but I've done a few podcasts. I've, done, I've been to a few events. And, uh, and it's, I've not done the clickbait stuff. I've not gone and hired a Lamborghini with a chrome wrap and flames coming out of the back. Oh, that come on, Kenya? Kenya? Uh, it probably can. Yeah, there's a Lamborghini dealership in the next village from me. Um, because every time, literally every time, so it's about a 10-minute walk from here. In the next village, there's a dealership. It's a Lamborghini, Bentley, Aston Martin dealership all in one. And every day you walk past it, guaranteed there's a YouTuber picking up their new Lamborghini. Is it right? I am not kidding you. You walk past it. There's videos. There's people there going, Shmi was there recently. Ah, Okay. Yeah, so he was picking up his. Um, and when you think, you know, these guys have got millions of followers on YouTube and they do all sorts of other things. I would suggest um, he actually has millions of dollars as well, looking at his car collection. Yes. Absolutely. Because, I mean, they call it the museum, don't they? The Shmi Museum or something where he keeps them. Um, so I've not really done that. I've just carried on doing the same yeah, old thing. That but might push the threshold with the wife's rules, though, if you started to get to that caliber, I'd imagine. Yes. Because, well, well, what's pushed. Not with my wife, but more. How do you have storage? How do you have storage with your cars? Let's see. We've got a nine nine six. We've got 
a, a boxer, which we haven't even covered properly yet. We've got your yep. 912. What's your daily? Uh, it's my wife's Golf R. Yeah, okay. Uh, now, I've got me. a 1968 MGB Roadster as well. Oh, yeah, so we're at five cars. Look, I'm, I haven't spent a lot of time in the UK, but I haven't seen many houses with garages that big that aren't castles. There's a, there's a sixth one as well. Oh, what else is <laughs> I'm there? proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> the, 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 the sixth one uh, arrived last week. Uh, and that was <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story. Um, so we've been we've moved into this house very recently, and we're constantly having to get a skip. You don't yeah yeah, yeah, is yeah. It called a skip over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah. So just basically big bin to put your rubbish in. Exactly, but no, no, where no, we are, oh, the bush finger sorry. Room, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas over here, you can't get the big metal ones oh. because of where we are. So it has to be one of those uh, synthetic bags. Oh, yes. get a ton, yeah, 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 yeah. A ton and a half of waste in it. Sure. And but they cost 200 pounds each. Each time you get one, it's 200 or 250 pounds. Um, and we've got lots and lots and lots of stuff to clear. And I just said to my wife, Yeah, but why don't we just have a cheap estate car? Go to the tip, yeah. And uh, and she went, Oh, that's a good idea. Would you buy and a voxel or so, something? Well, I will. Uh, so on Saturday, I'm sat. Uh, looking on eBay, and there's a uh, a VW Golf Estate. Sort by cheapest, no doubt. Uh, well, when I bought my Porsche 912, I sorted by distance, oh, okay. the one nearest to me, because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> so I, I sorted by distance, and there wasn't one near enough. Yeah. Uh, but then I found one for sale for £350, and it was about 50 miles away. So I phoned the guy, and... I say, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this car and this is what I'm going to use it for. And he said, look, it's horrific on the outside, but it works. And I went, that's all I want. Um, and he went, well, you can have it for £300. And I went, okay, but I don't know how to get it. And he went, I could be there in an hour. And an hour later, I had this car. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so I've done where three... are you storing these cars, Ajmal? Okay, so I've, I've done three runs to the tip, by the way, already. So I've paid for that car already. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, you're so um, far ahead. It's not funny, yeah. How much, <laughs> yeah, how much exactly. you costly dump rubbish at the tip? Uh, uh, £1.50. Bargain. It is a bargain. So, so Cost you more uh, fuel. Uh, ex- exactly. So I've done that. Um, but the storage, so my Porsche 912 and my MGB Roadster are in long-term storage. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so I so I pay £100 a month for each of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's secure storage. My insurance company knows about it. And Is it, cl- uh, is it close MG- enough that you can, I want to use it to, today, or is it a, you got to plan a couple of days ahead to get hold of it? Uh, it's 15 minutes away. Oh, that's pretty okay, convenient. Good. Yeah, good one. So which is which is pretty good. So mm-hmm. they, they have opening and closing hours, so it's not 24-7. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then okay. whenever I go, I leave my 911 there and yeah, get the other one out. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my MGB's been in there about 15 months, and I've not driven it since. I, Are you getting I started? These guys, do these guys run the car for you and all that sort of stuff? No, it's on a trickle charger. But I can ask them to run it, but it, oh, look, it's an MGB. Very... Even if you started every day, it might not start anyway. Uh, it's it's been crazy reliable. I've had it for twenty three years. Oh wow! Well, so, so okay. It's been, so it's been crazy reliable. That I, I, I should sell it, but there's, I'm sentimentally attached to it. So it's yeah, just sat there in mm-hmm. the corner. Yeah. Um, so those two are in storage. Uh, my Boxster is at uh, Porsche Specialist because it only arrived there a few days ago. Which um, remind us again, how much did you pay for that again? Uh, two thousand two hundred pounds. Yeah, I'd say it's going to spend a lot of time at the Porsche Specialist. 
Uh, I drove it for the first time yesterday. And it's, think of the worst possible drive that you could ever have. And it's that. I think it's a contender for possibly the worst boxster out there. Wow, okay. Nice. Manual? Um, manual, 2.7. Um, and it's got the GT3 style wheels. Um, and it's, it's gross. How many miles? the way that I can describe it. Uh, 133,000 miles. That's not off the chain. That's sort of like for the age. It's probably if it was driven, if it was used regularly for its age, you know. Uh, well, my uh, 996 has 154,000 miles, yeah, right? okay. and it goes brilliantly. I, I've just driven three hours in it this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic. Whereas this, it arrived, the box it arrived with the oil separator needing replacing. So, you know, with the oil separator, it's just billowing out smoke out the back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, always a good look. So, yeah, we well, yeah. use it at a nightclub. Well, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So uh, Jack, my specialist, who's a friend of mine, and without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff. <laughs> and he's always, he, every time I phone him, and he's like, don't buy any more cars. <laughs> and you turn um, up and you just sit there shaking his head, isn't he, as you pull up? Yeah, he, he is. So he changed the oil, and he said to me, look, it's just the radiator's leaking, the fan doesn't work, he's telling me all this stuff, the brakes don't work. Uh, and I went, it's fine, just fix the radiator, do the oil separator, it's fine, I'll come and get it tomorrow. And I, I took it for a drive yesterday, and I, I'm about to make this video live. Okay. Uh, it'll probably go on later today or tomorrow. But it's, um, I got stopped by the police. <laughs> okay. Because of, of the smoke. And it got even more comical because I played football the night before. Yeah, yeah. And, and I haven't played football for nine years. How, how, how sore are you? Did you get out? Uh, I'm so sore that the, that the policeman had to help me out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't. Have, you know what? You couldn't have planned this. This is way better than going out and buying a Lamborghini for us. Uh, you've got this on GoPro. Have you got yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the vision? Go it's, it, yeah, it's to be continued. Just as the police. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, this is. Oh, this is great. <laughs> and it's just. And the last thing I remember Jack said to me was, he always says this to me when I'm leaving, and he said, "Don't redline it." And I said to him, but that's what it's made for. And he went, seriously, don't do it to this car. It's going to explode. <laughs> it's like pulling the spin so on a hand grenade. It. And it's, but the thing is that the timing chain guides are, are so badly gone that yeah. it just makes an awful noise. And I realized that if you accelerate hard, the noise dies down a bit. So, it's obvious so for the answer, going, isn't it? Yeah, the ex- no, it, it doesn't going, die down. It's exactly. the exhaust is covering the noise, Ajma. It, that's probably it. So I, I hit the brakes quite hard at the at the roundabout when I stopped, and obviously the oil that's in the intake still from the oil separator going has moved somewhere else, and it just comes in a massive flume. It's so I couldn't describe how much smoke there is, and, I, and I'm looking, thinking, "Oh my god, that's a lot of smoke." Do you know what I see in the smoke? Blue lights. <laughs> and, I, and, then, and then the video got, oh, shit. <laughs> what a classic. You have to bleep that out, by the way. Yeah, but, yeah well, well <laughs> yeah, done. Well done. Hey, um, so I've, I've got to do something with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. So, um, Simon, I understand you were dealing with an English company this week mm-hmm. trying to uh, get rid of a red car. Oh, yeah, I had the 123 GT. The Volvo we're talking about, 123 GT Volvo. And it's set up as a target Tasmania rally car. And uh, I put it on collecting cars, which is that 
new international-based um, auction platform for classic vehicles. Anyway, it didn't sell. We didn't get to reserve. So then I I had a you know, little rush about, I think it's called reality, <laughs> but I'm not so sure. And um, and I adjusted the happened price. To me, it happened to me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> Don't let it ruin your fantasy, whatever you do. And uh, You adjusted the price. Yeah, and uh, I had a commitment today. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, look, I haven't... Congratulations. Commitment and getting the check are two different things, but um, so I took it off the webpage and uh, we shall see. Watch the space. But oh, I good. think it's sold. But the other exciting news is that the... Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this, but the, uh, the 240 Volvo arrived from, uh, from Sydney and it is an absolute little peach. Colour? White with a blue velour interior. <laughs> interior. Blue velour interior, yeah. And yeah. it has a sticker on the back. It says, drive safely to save all lives. And I go, that's me. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I've got big plans for it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're chopping about three inches out of the springs and, and <laughs> I've got some big fat steelies to go on it and we and the snail. But it is, it is very close to showroom condition. And somebody said to me today. Don't touch it. No, they, they said to me, you know, um, that car would look as if it's just come out of the box, out of the box, but if it wasn't still in the box. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it still look like a box. <laughs> so what year is it? Uh, this one's a 90. It's the it's a sexy one. Uh, think about that. With the um, headrests in the back and the front that sort of look very... Oh, yeah. um, so there's no um, vision. Jane Fonda, yeah, yeah, okay. you know, Barbarella, on, are they, Space are they, Odyssey. Are they, the plas- are they the plastic headrests? Uh, I think they're vinyl of some oh. type. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're vinyl. Oh, uh, they're plastic. Oh, 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 they're not, 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 not velour. <laughs> not velour, no. I would love it if they were velour. So I've ordered, today I've ordered a, um, a white Venetian blind for the back window where I'm going to get a bowl of plastic fruit and put that in the, on the back parcel shelf. <laughs> so, you know, to complete the, the, the total image. <laughs> I would say there are very few things noisier than a rear Venetian blind inside No, no, I've had them before. They're great. Very useful <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, when the windows are down, garage must yes. Very useful. <laughs> I know. Hey, well, it might I, sound better than, than the engine. Yes. Come on, it's 1990. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just it, has, it doesn't have electric windows, though, but it does have uh, – mm-hmm. anyway, it's a thing of great beauty. All the rubbers are perfect. Ooh. The bumpers haven't faded. I look at it and I go, ooh, you are very tidy. Well, my well, e- sorry, go ahead, Asma. I was just, I was just going to say, well, Volvo's of around that period. Whenever someone mentions Volvo, I think there's a movie in the eighties, I think, called Crazy People. Oh, Do you yes. remember that Dudley Moore? Dan yes. Hanna? And he's an advertising exec. They're boxy, but sectioned. they're good. Exactly. <laughs> that, and it always makes me think of that. They're boxy, but they're good. Do you remember the in that film? Right? Do you remember the Jaguar promotion? Oh, what was the tagline? For men who want a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> and they showed, they had people tearing off the flyers as they walked in the Jag thing. Yes, I want a hand job. Yes, I want a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> and, it had an ex, and it had an XJS, you know, like the classic, you know, <laughs> Shagwar, you know. <laughs> Shagwar. Well, compared no. to your day yesterday, mine was very different. Because last night, I was up to my back axles in the other extreme. I don't know if you're aware, Ashmael, but I, not about six weeks ago, took delivery of a GR Yaris. 
like, yes, all, I'm like all good YouTubers yes. do, right? And um, I create. I was um, one of the channel sponsors is uh, Burger Motorsports, and they provided a tuning box that you plug in various places, and you know makes the car go a lot, lot faster, right? But um, fitting it and the cable routing from inside the cabin from the OBD two socket through to the engine bay where the box is. Mm. Yeah, that wasn't that easy. The all the hot stuff of that motor is at the firewall, right? And you can't get in there anyway. And like, I got little hands, and I'm up, to, I'm up about up to here, up to my uh, past my elbow, trying to just reach a firewall behind the engine. I think there's got to be a better way. End up going through the window seals. Really? Yeah, Ooh. and then up through the quarter panels, through the weather stripping. You wouldn't even see it in there, but yeah. it was the only way I could get through the car. I used to actually work in um, car electrics back in the '90s, Ajmal. So I've got some experience in climbing in and getting solutions to these problems but i'll tell you there is no way getting through that firewall in that car it was impossible like i i spent two and a half hours in the garage last night just because i'm trying to film this as an instruction manual for people <laughs> to buy these for the company that supplied it to me and i'm just thinking oh god i look like a bloody amateur here i can't make i can't do this <laughs> so, honestly i was up to my back axles just trying to get this cable through and i left the wife's car in the garage as well, so I couldn't get the door open properly to climb in under the dash. Sounding really good. No. Oh, yeah, it's just one of those. You one know, of those uh, things, Mark, yeah. I have none of those problems with uh, my 30-year-old Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> you could, like, you know, pick a hole, any hole, yeah. they're in the dashboard, you know, yeah, any anyone hole, you want. Anyone, any, any hole is a goal. Yeah, yep. got it. Yeah, There's right. a hole. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, that, that's how the aerial in my Porsche 912 is rooted. It's a big, fat cable. Someone stuck one on the roof. Obviously, oh, really? period incorrect. Yep. Hole in the roof, just above where the review mirror is, mm-hmm. and then you just see this big fat grey cable going along the windscreen. Look, going along the windscreen, down the down the pillar, Class. down under the dash. That's right up your alley, though. Mm-hmm. I would not expect anything less. No, my nine twelve's not bad. My nine twelve's not bad. My nine nine six is not bad. Uh, it's just the rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we- I just want to do a quick um, review of last week's podcast. Beautiful. Um, Ajmal, we actually had a conversation with a young guy, Marco, who works at Porsche Centre Perth, West Australian Perth, not Scotland Perth. And um, um, he started his career as a 16-year-old apprentice in the workshop and is now a salesperson in there. So he's in his... He's about 30 now, so he's been there a long time, right? So it was, wow. a, it was a pretty interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. He had some was amazing, a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, had some amazing feedback during the week. A lot of people really enjoyed it. You know, and we sort of shot from the hip, and I've got to say, this this is a much more organised podcast this week compared to what we did last <laughs> week. But it was a, um, anyway, regardless, it was a, um, yeah, just to give you, let you know, Simon, we had some good feedback and Very nice. it was well enjoyed. We talked, to, we tried to find out how we get a GT3 allocation at a Porsche centre, but he was pretty cagey about that, wasn't he? He was giving away no secrets. Nothing. It's it's easy, isn't it? You just need to have bought a previous three GT3s. And then <laughs> well, you're that is the easy way. There's no doubt <laughs> yeah, that but, will but, get but, you in the front door, it, right? Because I have a problem with that, the allocation, because imagine, you know, it's, it's your ultimate. That's the car that you want. You go, you work really hard, you get all the money together, and you think, yes, I'm going to, I've arrived. You go to the dealership and go, I want a GT3, and they're like, get lost. We don't know who you are. It's it's very 
unfair when it comes to that when someone wants one it's it only happens if you've already got money you've already bought new Porsches and you're on some VIP list somewhere it's yes yeah. yeah, so unless you bought a Cayman um, a McCann and a Cayenne or yeah. like you said a couple of other GT3s you just don't get a look in yeah absolutely and I, I can't understand that model. I don't know. It seems well, to work for them. You know, there's a case. Australia is so over-legislated. We, we have a nanny state. I'm sure there's a, a law somewhere that would defend that as discrimination and, and oh, you could... Inevitably. You know. But you know what? It's the last Porsche you'll ever get. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that bad? You know? Yeah, look, it might be. Simon came very close to actually buying a Porsche while we are in that dealership oh, last look, week. Oh, look, I, I still... still ooh, half a starter on it. I'm still half a starter. It is magnificent. It was a 997.2 PDK Carrera, white. White. With sta- stock rims and just yeah, it was very exquisite. nice. Exquisite. Yeah, it was exquisite. so... The car looked brand new. Slim body, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, very nice. PDK, Unlike me. PDK. You don't like them? I know. PDK is good. It's, it's a good automatic gearbox um but you know when a new car comes along so i've seen lots of reviews of the new um gc4 pdk that's only just come out and everybody's doing the review they're saying exactly the same thing is this better than the manual sure. and people might say well well yes because you know if you're going to use it every day and you're sat in traffic you're driving through sydney every morning and you go well yeah that it's of course it's better it's better for that but in 10 to 15 years you know everybody's going to say, oh, my God, I can't find a manual GT4 for a lot of money because everybody went and bought PDK and they're not as good. Uh, so it happens with all of them. There you are know, a when lot they get of manual stage. GT4s, though. Pardon? There are a lot of manual GT4s. Oh, yes, yes, because they only came as manual at first and they and car of the year and they such rave reviews, so there's so many of them. Have you had the opportunity to um, drive one yet, Ajmal? No, a friend of mine's just bought one. Uh, he's got it delivered, but he lives far away. So Tap him on the chance, shoulder, make the trip. Well, I'm going to, I don't know if you guys know about Rint Vehicle Design, which is a, a, a Porsche restoration um, house, and they're, they're about 40 miles, 30 miles away. Sure. And I'm going to do, make a video with those guys. And Brian, the owner, has a brand new GC4. <laughs> <laughs> so I might it's tap him on his shoulder. Two birds and one stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah, like your thinking. Exactly. But because when I saw it, I saw it, I was there the other week and I saw it. And you know, when you see tires on a car and you go, that car's just been on the track because they were shredded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tread was melted. Yep, yep. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so he said, yeah, he's just, he bought that car, didn't really think much of going on tracks, went on a track with that car and thought, oh my God, I love it. Um, so he, I, I might just tap him on the shoulder. Yeah, say, see, so, please have a go. I've, I've not driven the new one. I've drove the previous one. It's a nine eight one GT four, not the seven one eight, the current series one. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was pretty impressed with the car. It was. Um, I actually did a video review probably about eighteen months ago on it. Yep. Yeah. I, so I, um, I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blue car. It is cracker of a car. Fantastic car. They, why is it on the manual Porsches? I don't know if they still do it. So I haven't driven, I've not driven a newer uh, Porsche, but they have really long gears, don't they? Because over here, you're, you're kind of, you get second and you're breaking the speed limit. Yeah, on the that's, that's the complaint with that car. And like, you know, Sharkworks in the States, they offer whole gear ratio sets for your GT4 mm. to solve that problem. But, you know, you're going down that path, you spend another 20, 30 grand on your car just yeah. to get. But you know, exactly, it's an expensive motor car anyway. Well, they, Porsche must have thought about this. I mean, it, maybe it's 
Look, uh, Nürburgring. Uh, oh, no, what it is, right? And look, this is the conspiracy theorists out there, and look, let's face it, we love a conspiracy. The um, yes. they they say it's being geared like this so that it is not a faster car than the nine eleven. You know, because the nine eleven is still the flagship motor car. Mm. You know, like it would be embarrassing for Porsche if the GT four was doing better mm. times than a GT three. You know, that is an interesting point because the. Other than the 911, the other platforms, Porsche plan to make them electric, fully electric. That will mean that they will have all the torque all the time available. And it will make them inevitably faster than any combustion engine that they can make. And if they make 911 stays as a petrol or hybrid or whatever it might be, it will always be hamstrung by that. Will they go, actually, we're going to move it? If you see the Chris Harris review of driving the new 992 GC3, and he said, you know, the 500 brake horsepower is about the sweet spot. Any more than mm-hmm. that, you can't really use it on the road. And um, on a track, it's it's containable. You can use it. You can get the best out of it. Any more than that, then you're using lots of driver aids, and it's just literally getting around the track faster. It's not giving you any more satisfaction. Um, so... It'll be interesting what they do when the Boxster and the Cayman and the McCann and the Cayenne all go and the, and the Taycan, Taycan, Panamera, whatever else they're doing, are all fully electric platform, but the 911 isn't. The well, flagship isn't. Porsche actually um, dropped a press release this week about the future of the 911. And at the moment, the plans are to 2030, it will still be a full combustion engine only in the 911, no hybridization, no um, electric no. options or anything in 911. And their marketing will be the 911's a car you buy for emotion, the other models are the car you buy for results. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's I, the path they're going down. And that, that will change the rules, you know. And, like, no one – I don't think there's an expectation out there that the combustion cars compete with the electric cars. They're just completely different entities. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. not that you don't – Then the comparison of one to the other doesn't exist anymore. Electric cars are compared to electric cars, combustion cars compared to combustion cars. I think, mm. yeah, I two agree. years ago I, that was different. We were comparing them. But mm. I, I think those days are done now, you know. You know, just going back to the um, 911 being the only internal combustion powered Porsche in the future, the um, people will still want them for that very reason. You, know, you don't buy these cars for, you know, you're not logical if you're buying them. You're buying them for the experience, the sensory experience that you get. Now, that um, reminds me of uh, the HSV, which was a Holden Special Vehicles that we had in Australia. You got the Monaro, I think, you might even got some yep, utes. We did. Anyway, and uh, their whole marketing campaign was not based on anything at all rational. The whole thing was, I just, I just, want, I just want one. Yeah, that was their it's marketing like, slogan. Guys, I just want guys one. Guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s go, I just want one. That's all. I just want one. Hey, and we all do. <laughs> A bloody eighth. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I want one. I think I agree, but I agree that that is that is probably the only route that it will yes. take because um, otherwise – 
You're right. And and you're right, Mark. Uh, you know, a few years ago, so probably five, 10 years ago, we were comparing them. I don't get the same satisfaction out of, uh, you know, the Tesla that's based on a lease going around the track, even though it can do 0 to 60 in, you know, two seconds. Um, but there's also, uh, there's, there's this thing about electric cars, because, you know, my day-to-day car is a Golf R. If I was to change that for a brand new car in five years' time, you'd think, okay, I'd want an electric car. But we haven't seen the full picture of what everybody driving electric cars means because we yeah. know that in the production of an electric car, there's so much more CO2 produced. That if you it's, it's, a dirty, it's a dirty to, manufacturer. Exactly. We're and just moving the dirt. The state, exactly. And we haven't got to the stage where uh, all of the batteries are end of life and, and there's no industrial scale recycling. What kind of pollution does that produce? And also... The production and recycling of electric cars takes the pollution from inner cities somewhere else. It doesn't take it away. It takes it somewhere else. Um, and when someone says to me, oh, should I get an electric car? And I think, well, if you're just purely thinking of the environment and finances and things like that, keep driving the car you've got. It, that, that's, the yeah, that's the thing that you can do. Yeah. The, the resources that are already tied up in that asset, the longer yes. you make that asset live, it's... Um, it's taking away the need to replace it, which is yes. the really important thing. Yeah, I think it's a, a foolish yeah. economy. I, 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 look, when it comes to this topic, I'm sort of mixed from multiple levels. Like Simon and I have discussed it in podcasts in the past, and I'm tr- I am trying to prompt a electric part of our podcast conversation each week, you know, that we talk something to electric cars, right? I tell you off about that, but because, anyway, go on. <laughs> but it's because there's some inevitability about it, more so for you, Ajmal, where you live. Like we are realistically, we're probably 10 years behind the UK in infrastructure. There is no, we, we you guys are getting it shoved down your throat, you know, with this whole 2030, no more, Internal yep. combustion only cars to be sold in the UK. Europe have got their rules that are coming, etc. Right. I, so we we're not. There's not even an interest or a like. We don't even get subsidies to buy electric cars in Australia. You know, it, I think there's going to be a, something. Slightly, you're going to have a similar problem to what they do in the US, and that's range anxiety is a bigger thing. Yes, the the, the distance between places is so huge that you just think, well, actually. That's, if I get caught in between somewhere, yeah, but that, also... I think um, it's getting diminished, though. You know, I think that range anxiety, people are getting an understanding that, like, in my car, in a modern car, you see how much range you have left from your fuel calculated off your previous consumption, right? Or however long, yeah. I don't know, however the formula works at that moment in time. And that diminishes through the week or month or how often it is that you fill your car. There is, there's definitely, I think, a more people are more embracing the fact that every time they leave home, they've got a full tank now. And let's face it, most modern electric cars, their ranges are equal to, if not greater than most petrol cars now. And more and more, especially in places like Australia, where we all have large homes with garages and that sort of thing, we don't all live in apartments and that, the actual opportunity to have that charging facility in your own home, in your own garage, is greater than it mm. is in a lot of other higher density living places. Sure, this is different in your city, Melbourne, in your city, mm. Sydney, of course. But yeah, I, I don't think that, like, I saw today or yesterday I was reading an article about, it might be a new um, Mazda 
car, the CX3 or CX5 electric car, it's only got a range of like 320 kilometres. That's pretty good. Well, a Tesla's like five and 600 Ks, mm. you know, so, but their, their aim is you only drive it for the day and then you put it on charge when you get home. So people, I think what will happen is people will buy these cars. They'll be happy with the 300 to 500 K range daily because that's it. Yeah. Every time you yes. charge it, it's full yeah. in. And if they're going to go away for the weekend where the infrastructure isn't in place, because here in Perth, we are very isolated, Ajmal, we're everywhere's a long way away, Right. The um, so there is no infrastructure outside of the CBD essentially for these electric cars. I think people just hire cars. Now, if you're going to go away for the weekend that's three times quite, a year, that's not quite true. You can drive from here to Market River easily in an electric car. Can you get home? Yeah, absolutely. You can. There's charging stations in okay. uh, Bunbury, Bustleton, and uh, uh, regional towns. Um, RAC are advertising the electric highway now. Um, sure. So, yeah, but it, look, if you headed east, I don't think you'd – I don't know. North? I don't know. But well, I, I just I, I know, know between either. here and Margaret River, it's a, it's a breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend with a Tesla who plays ukulele whilst he drives. <laughs> with the, he wow. sits there and just, you know, playing ukulele in the driver's seat whilst uh, he drives down the highway. <laughs> does, it, does it not tell him to put his hands back on the steering wheel? No, he's got it somehow rigged. My V-Dub does that. Uh, I've got that whole driving aid stuff in my VW Tig one or my wife's VW Tig one. And we use it all the time for our long trips. And yeah, you can't go longer than about a minute. It tells you to put your hands back on the steering wheel. Yeah. It's a pain in the bottom. It's the same, golf it's the same on the. Uh, the Golf is, we bought that in 2017. So I don't think it's quite there. But I know the Yaris GR does, doesn't it? A friend of mine has one. It does have um, lane keep assist. I've never used it though. I'm too busy. Yeah, it's not. It's not good because yeah, friend I, of mine. Oh, I hit the he's, cancel he's, button on it as soon as I start the car. That and the oh, auto stop start straight away. You know. Yes, because he's um, he he got picked it up in March, I think, this year, and I I reviewed it on my channel, um, and we we went somewhere and we went on the M twenty five. Now the M twenty five is always busy. There's always roadworks, and we're driving along, and he goes, "Watch this! I'm going to turn the lane assist on," and he turned it on. Not checking that we're in roadworks, so there's no standard no lines on the road. Lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's these little, you know, luminescent dots, and he turns it on, and it just veers straight off into the lane. <laughs> 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 and I'm there going, "Don't do that again." <laughs> And he's like, he's thinking for ages, why isn't this working? <laughs> and then we finally realised, hang on, it's roadworks, there are any lines on the road. But um, just going back to that uh, electric car debate, because I think there's, you're right, over here it is run down our throats. And it's more because people are saying it's about pollution, it's about climate, it's about all of those things. And the, the, the cost to the individual of changing their like me changing a Golf R to uh, an electric car is is massive. It's you know thirty five thousand mm. pounds. Um, and then if you turn around and say, well, actually, I, why am I doing it? I'm doing it because I care about the planet. There's um, a website. I can't remember what the address is. Actually, I might send it over to you. Um, you can put in your current car registration number, and it tells you what impact your car is having on the planet. And you tell you set what mileage you do. And then it gives you a cost that you can pay them that offsets it, where they go and plant trees, they might do yeah, something carbon environmentally. I might, I might yes. start one of those websites. <laughs> and not do anything to keep money. <laughs> How do you know these guys are? <laughs> but I, but I, put in, I put in the details of my 996. 
And it came back at something like 150 pounds a year. And, and when you think about, hang on, that's how much an impact me driving a 3.4 liter six cylinder high performance, high performance car um, around 10,000 miles a year. That's the impact. How much impact is there of me then getting rid of that car? It gets recycled, creating all this extra pollution, and then the production of an electric car. What it can't be right. And also, you know, I, I did some research on if you were to buy because because we buy combustion engine cars, the, and the habit of buying them is we change them every three to four years, sure. and we get a brand new one, and you have that cycle. Uh, but with electric cars, they don't have that combustion engine. They don't have those weird yeah. parts to wear. Don't the servicing think, costs. Well, exactly. So you think, well, our our method and process of buying them should now be, well, I buy it and I keep it for 10 years because it gets, you know, software updates through the air. It's fine. In 10 years, the hardware might not be able to cope with the new software. Then you change it or you just change the CPU or something. Um, that would be the different way of doing it. But it almost feels like I'm going back into the conspiracy theory mode now, <laughs> which is almost like, well, hang on, what's at play here? Why are we told all of us, if, if we all went ahead and said, let's all change the electric cars, the impacts of the planet will be huge negatively. Um, and, and, and you have to think, well, why are we being encouraged to do that? I don't know. Just, you know, that I, website I, you just mentioned, sorry, someone, yeah, yeah, website you just mentioned. Yeah. When, but, but when you do send me the link to that, because I'm curious to see it, can you, if I, can you send them a link to your video of your boxer punching out that smoke? I want to see what sort of number those figures I'm, are. I'm going to... Uh, With the blue lights in it, of I'm, course. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's, uh, it's more than it's 150. Steam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's dry ice cooling the planet. <laughs> Wishful thinking. That's, that's that's what it's doing. Simon, what do you think oh, about oh. electric conversions to classic cars? I hate them. Like, I mean, I absolutely hate them. And the reason is that that the petrol engine is a huge part of the classic car. I mean. Was it? Um, what about the concept I mean, of sustaining the, the vehicle, having giving it a longer lifespan? No, don't, I, look, don't I buy agree it. with you. I'm just curious. That's I don't buy it. You know when? Uh, what was the prince that married Meghan Markle? What it, Harry. Harry? Harry. Okay, so Harry drives off in an a, electric Jag or something. Was it? And I'm, I'm going and look how his marriage has worked out. I'm seriously just just <laughs> because of that. It's because of that. He's Jack, right. an electric motor in it. I mean, yeah. he got off to a very unauthentic start. <laughs> you're right to say, I rest my case. That's it. It's conclusive. <laughs> <laughs> the guy cannot make a decent choice. He's closed. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, do, I, I do agree because, so when I'm discussing it with my wife, we, she does not drive. What time is six. it? Uh, sorry, what time is it here? Sorry, I'm just wondering which watch you will look at, sir. <laughs> I was looking at my phone. <laughs> um, but when um, she, so she doesn't drive my 911, 996, and she can't see the point of it because she says, look, my, my Golf R is faster, it's safer. More, it's, more space. Uh, more practical. Yeah, it's, it's everything. Um, so when we went out in my 911, I've had it two and a half years and she's been out in it about three times as a passenger. Basically, when I've been going somewhere, I've given her a lift. And when we got into a country lane and I floored it, red line first, second. And she went, it's terrifying. Why, why do you have this car? And, and I said, but 
that's part of the ownership. It's the noise, it's the smell, it's the slight terror that I'm not totally in control. Um, <laughs> and I said, it's all of those things. That's why we have, that's why we have these cars. You know, it, uh, an electric car would be faster, but you get none of the other stuff yeah. that gives you that great satisfaction. Totally. In, my, in my MGB road state, probably it does not 16, about 12 or 13 seconds. But to me, it feels like a rocket ship when I'm doing 30 miles an hour with the top down and the noise and the smell. And, and, and the every panel is moving independently of every other panel. That, that, that's no, the glue's doing the trick on that one. <laughs> <laughs> is it a GT or a Roadster? Uh, Roadster. And what colour? Red. Classic. Got white piping Wheels. on the seats? Uh, red piping on the red, seats. Red, of course. How lovely. Yep. So it's got the it's got the metal dash, the big yeah, crinkle steering wheel paint finish on the dash. Yep, that's the one. Very pucker. Um and it's yeah, it, I, I love driving. It's one of those where when we lived in our old house and it was in the garage, and you know during the winter it just gets boxes stacked on top of it yes. and things like that. And, and my wife used to do this thing where she would open the garage, but she's throwing the box away, and the and the, the recycling hasn't gone. She would literally open the door and fling the box. Does she know my wife? The garage. <laughs> <laughs> and it would, land, it would land on the car. <laughs> and so when it came to taking it out, I would have to take all of these boxes off and stuff, and it would come out, and my wife always laughs. She says there's plumes of dust coming off it as you drive down the road. But in, during the winter, I go in, and it's in the way, and I just think, why do I have this car? I use it for like three minutes a year. And then it's a balmy evening in the summer and I'm out in the country lanes and I just think, yes, that, that is why I have it. Because it's brilliant with a billion miles of headroom. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that... It's not a uh, challenge I have to require out of a motor vehicle, a headroom. The B is going through a renaissance. Um, for years they were you know, derided and uh, uh, not considered well. But I, the B is really on a... Um, uh, a renaissance there uh, have you seen that um, is it leader engineering or forward engineering that do that um, one with a 2.6 liter mazda engine in it and they're oh, eighty thousand pounds or some damn thing uh yeah frontline engineering frontline thank uh, you they are yeah they are literally a stone's throw from my house they are gorgeous um, so when i so when i bought my 912 uh, from a classic car auction. And remember, when I bought that, I sorted it by distance. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I went, so when I went to pick it up, I realised, oh, Frontline are next door to the auction. Wow. So I went in and had a look. Um, and they are just, just immense, immense cars. But I would never pay that much for an MGB. No, I'd struggle as well. And the other one that interests yeah, me is the Rocketeer, the um, Jaguar V6 AJ30 engine that's in the MX-5. Uh, yeah, yes. the MX-5. They, because that's such a sporting, um, an engine that has such sporting characteristics, perfect match for that little car. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I, I quite like that. I quite like the kind of modern engine that makes all the noise and mm -hmm. the characteristics and the feel of a classic car, but so much more drivability, reliability, parts availability, and it, and, it, and that longer life that you were talking about, Mark, you've suddenly yep. given this car a massive um, lift in terms of, you know, you could drive it to work every day. Yes. For a very long time and, and enjoy that. Um, but going back to the conversion of classic cars to electric, um, you're, I feel like you're taking away the thing that makes you want to drive it. I agree. Mm. Yep. Um, 
whereas I appreciate electric cars and I know there's exciting things happening in electric cars and you're absolutely right when we talk about performance electric cars have blown that conversation out, uh, out of the water well they only compete so against will each be, other yeah exactly and it will be uh, it'll, it'll be very different when people talk you know when the Lamborghini they relaunched the Lamborghini Countach and they went it's a hybrid and you're there going is it though is it though have you seen like the way they've done the hybridisation <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's something out of it's Back like, to the Future yeah, it's like 700 and something brake horsepower and, yeah, and 11 horsepower is, electric get, or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it gets you out your driveway. It's no, I haven't. You get, <laughs> and you think, I mean, a lot of it's been dried a bit because obviously it's based on the Aventador, but I, I like it. I, it's, I think um, it's, it's. Why is that so they get credits wild. in some division? or? I, I think it might have something to do with that because uh, it doesn't have a battery, it uses a supercapacitor. Okay. But, and look, that, that was. Sorry, that was like when Aston Martin rebadged those smart cars so they could bring down their average miles per gallon. Yeah, or the CO2 rating. So that's it, yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. I mean, how cynical is that? <laughs> anyway. Well, that's it. I feel like that's going to happen with the with the whole Porsches all going electric and 911 yeah. going. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think the German companies already have to do that, don't they? They've got to have an average... Yep. Mm. CO2 emission per vehicle, not each vehicle independent of each other, something like that anyway. Mm. And that's why, you know, yep. you put all those horrible front-wheel drive BMW 2 Series things and all that sort of thing now, you know. the um, So, Ajmal, tell us, what's your dream daily car? Uh, well, because I've got two small children, I've, I've kind of got my dream daily, which is a Golf R. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other Golf Estate. Uh, no, no. Although I do, I do love it. I mean, when I sent the photo of it to my uh, Porsche specialist friend, um, and and he went, "Oh, stop buying other cars," and then in, in brackets he wanted to move, but that's totally dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just because it's it's so gross inside because the guy was a, a builder handyman type person. And obviously, I gave him no opportunity to clean it. Yeah, yeah. It was just like just bring it over to me, um, and he bought it over. And every panel's got a knock in it. It's uh, it's a total base model, so it's Golf Mark Four. It's got no AC or anything. Well, it does have power steering, electric windows all around, and a working electric sunroof. Uh, so you know it's it's pretty out there, pretty plush. Um, but then, um, and it's and it's so disgusting inside. And I feel like oh, I should really clean it just because you know when you buy a car, it's going. I'm just going to throw stuff in it. Um, but sometimes you don't want somebody else's dust in there. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't want it to be some. I don't mind if it's my dust, but it's somebody else's dust. The, so, um, yeah. Are you familiar with a um, a couple of guys here in Australia have a YouTube channel called Mighty Car Mods? No, not heard of them. It, it's it's a pretty big channel. It's like been around for a long time. Yeah, about twelve years or so. Like we're talking millions of subscribers. You know, they're oh, wow. Yeah, they're a big deal here in Australia as a um, and they're they're guys who do work on cars, you know, themselves. Those they take on of, projects. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's those stuff. Anyway, they always, they love JDM stuff. There's tons of it, right? It's not, it's not all they do, but they do love it, right? That whole 90s, to early 2000s era. And they always refer, like they, they always buy cars off like Facebook Marketplace or um, we have a thing called Gumtree, which is a free um Yeah, same we got over here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, that's the sort of thing, place they buy the cars. And they always refer to... Um, 
when they buy the car, how bad the smell of someone else's ball sweat is in the um, driver's seat. <laughs> One of the first things they always do is rip the seats out of the car because they reckon they're manky. <laughs> no, that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. And it's just, I mean, you've seen about uh, modifications of the mods. Uh, there's a guy up the road, he's a fabricator. And he's 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 a big VW nut. He's got a Beetle with a Subaru engine in it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he's sure. always modding cars. And I had a drive in uh, a Polo bread van. Do you know sure. the VW yeah, Polo yeah. Yes. bread van from the 80, early 80s? And he's put a new Polo GTI engine in it. Okay, yeah, good one. And, and I had a drive of it. Oh, my God, it's like a rocket. So sensitive to the throttle. Anyway, I went to show him this. So I went to the tip and on the way back, I thought, I'll show him this. Uh, <laughs> show golf. And he came out. And he looked at, he had this look on his face and you know where you can't decide what someone's thinking. Hmm. And he just had to look at it and he turned to me and he went, can I turn it into a pickup? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I went, I want to say yes, but my wife will definitely divorce me if I'm driving around. <laughs> I've got a Sawzall out the back here. Let me just go get it. <laughs> he would literally just carve it off, put a cab on the back and go, there you go. See you later. <laughs> classic classic <laughs> that would have been amazing but no i can't i so i've said he's already said he's going to buy it off me for the amount i paid for it after i finished with it oh yeah good one good sweet one. so look we've covered a lot of topics this evening it's with afternoon for you evening for us the um just, just a, checking a, the time son yeah which one that's right <laughs> In Moscow, in it seventeen is. time zones on my Apple Watch. <laughs> yes, the, no, um, here it is ten past three, and I'm, I'm, my Apple Watch battery's died. <laughs> please tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, so we've covered quite, covered quite a few topics. Been time's gone really quickly. We have got a guest next week, Jack Quinn from Benzina Magazine, publication made in Australia. It's a uh, beautiful production. It is. Very impressive. I'll, I'll send you a copy, Ajmal. It's a... Um, yeah, that'd be good. Classic car magazine. It's like some of Australia's Octane. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Mm. It's, um, oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. He's a yeah chief editor. He's put this whole thing together with the help of his uh, friends and loved ones by the looks of it. And it's, yeah, some amazing content impressive. in there. Yeah, I'll flick you over a copy. Yeah, he's um, also helping out with this week's episode. So we've got two copies to give to listeners out there that leave an Apple iTunes review for our podcast channel. So please leave a review, DM me, Mark and Cars. It's Mark with a C on Instagram, Facebook, most of social media platforms. You'll find me. Let me know you left a review and I'll send you out a Benzina magazine. Ajmal, thanks very much for your time today. Short notice. It's been great having a chat. We should do this more often. We should. It was an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed you, Ajmal. Thank you. Thanks very much. Can't uh, say the same for you, Mark, but never mind. <laughs> Will you shove it up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> thanks very much today, Simon, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Keep those cards and letters rolling in. Yep. yep. Keep it, and all, yep. Preferably the cards with cash in them. That would really help out. Oh, you're getting sick of watches. Is that right, and yeah. booze? <laughs> 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 thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers.